grace and peace to you. You are about to hear a life-changing word from the Kingdom Church by one of God's end-time prophetic voices. And now, let's join the prophet, Bishop Demetrius J. Senegal. Well, grace and peace, and the Lord bless you. This is Bishop Senegal, and I'm glad you've tuned in to Kingdom Living. Thank you so much uh, for taking some time to hear uh, the mind of God, the Word of God, as He will share it with you through uh, through us. And so, uh, I'm excited about the opportunity that this will give both you and I to come together around the Word and for me to share principles of Kingdom Living with you to master the Kingdom life. Uh, that's the desire of our God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ, is that you and I would live a life that is a life full of abundance or more abundantly, uh, but that life comes in direct correlation, association, connection to the degree of knowledge or understanding or revelation that you have not only about God, but about your standing in him. Uh, and one of the reasons that the enemy finds great delight in the ignorance or the lack of knowledge of the believer is that our power is limited in accordance to uh, our knowledge. And so we're going to have the opportunity to grow together in knowledge and in uh, understanding and uh, specifically uh, concerning the kingdom of God. My assignment, one of my assignments to the body of Christ is to bring illumination to the revelation of the kingdom of God and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we'll endeavor to elucidate uh, the kingdom and make it clear uh, to you, break it down so that you'll understand how does this work in your life and how does it look uh, to live or to think or to speak or to function as an agent of the kingdom of God. Uh, I pastor the kingdom church and preside over kingdom churches in Covenant International. And so my primary focus is the restoration of the dominion of God to the believer. That's an apostolic mandate. Uh, that's an apostolic assignment to restore uh, and to reform um, the way we approach life as agents of the kingdom of God, learning to think from heaven down rather than from earth up. And in our time together, that'll be something you hear me say often, and I'll be able to explain it and make it clear to you uh, in the days to come. Uh, this podcast is free, and so what I am asking that you do is uh, help us by sharing this podcast with somebody. Let somebody know about Kingdom Living with Bishop Senegal and uh, invite them to tune in and sit around the word together, discuss the word uh, uh, together and talk about it and watch how God will illuminate the eyes of your understanding. Uh, it is superfluous or, or without purpose uh, for us to uh, just talk about this stuff religiously without learning the principles and the paradigms necessary to make what we talk about in theory actual. Uh, we, we don't want to be perfunctory in our approach to the scripture. We're going to give great care and attention to not only our approach to the scripture, but to the application of it. Uh, I want you to not only grow in knowledge of the word as you'll hear me go through the scriptures, but I want you to grow in the knowledge of how to apply and to command this in the earth. God's primary gateway 
into the earth. Anything heaven is going to do in the earth, it needs a gateway. And that's where you and I come in. The word of the Lord uh, tells us in Psalms, the 24th chapter, it tells us to lift up our heads, O ye gates, in the seventh verse, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. You are a gateway. You are a door. But if you live your life unaware of how powerful and important and essential to the flow, to the trafficking of the heavens into the earth realm, rather than being a door or rather than being a gateway, you will become a roadblock. And I'm determined, and I trust you are, to not be a, a roadblock, to not be a barrier, to not be a dam in the flow of the will of heaven into the earth realm. And so I want you to see yourself as that I am God's gateway. That's a powerful reality. That's a very important assignment. You are the Lord's gateway. That means that there are some spaces and places, some thoughts that God cannot enter into some minds, some communities, uh, some levels of living, levels of being that God, the omnipotent God, cannot get into without a gateway to get into it. Every world that you presently find yourself in, whether it's in your family or in your work, uh, in ministry, in church, whatever it is, every world that you presently find yourself in, you are not in it by coincidence. You are there on an apostolic assignment in relationship to the kingdom mandate. And we're going to talk about that. Um, you'll hear me say this often that we must begin to think, uh, to live, to believe, to confess, to declare, to act from heaven down rather than from earth up. So we're going to talk uh, tonight and, and start in a series of teaching on unlocking the kingdom. I'm going to uh, help you understand what does it mean to be kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Uh, for some of you, this will uh, be a recap, recapitulation, a review. Uh, for others of you, this will be insight and uh, illumination for you. But we want to lay a foundation so that we can all be on the same level of understanding. Have you ever been in a church service and uh, the preacher's preaching or teaching and, you know, you see people around you screaming, but you're just sitting there like, wait, I missed it. Uh, it's it's a it's a misassumption of equal perspective, the false per, uh, assumption uh, or perspective that everybody's starting from the same place. And so I'm going to take uh, just a few minutes uh, today to lay this foundation so that we can all have uh, the same perspective about the kingdom of God uh, and understand the concept of the kingdom of God. Concepts are uh, essential. Uh, concepts are the source of communication. And not only the source of communication, but concepts are the foundation for our communication. And because of that, concepts subsequently determine uh, the success of our understanding. Where there is a breakdown in understanding, there is a breakdown in the concept. And when your concept is wrong, you'll find yourself unable to come to or to draw the same conclusions that the person speaking, the author, the original speaker uh, is uh, coming to. 
and so where there is a breakdown in concepts, we get misconcepts or misconceptions. And that's how we fall into erroneous thinking. So many believers live a life of defeat, uh, a life that is based on their works, that is based on their worthiness, that is based on their capacities. So they live in a vacuum of inadequacy, never feeling as though they measure up, uh, never feeling good enough, never feeling as though they are in command where God wants them to be, always feeling as though they're trying to make it up to God. And that's not the place that God desires you to live at. Um, if you're living your life trying to pay God back, understand that you you cannot, you, you'll never be able to pay him back. Uh, but what you can do and what you can be is a medium, a door through which he can reach into this sphere that we know to be the earth or, or even into your sphere of influence. Um, I've got a saying, a motto, a life for a life. He gave his life for us. Christ Jesus gave his life for us. And so my responsibility, uh, just as a, uh, a conscious person of the laws of seed, time and harvest, is that if I only have my life uh, as a benefit of his life, then I owe my life in return or towards his life. So basic concepts are essential. One of the reasons that there are so many schisms, breakdowns, denominations in the church is because of a breakdown in concepts. And uh, where there is a faulty theology, uh, where there is a faulty understanding of the word of God, there is a faulty understanding of the mind of God. And the most dangerous thing that we can do is endeavor to develop a understanding or a perception about God separate and independent and apart from his word. Um, when we begin the study of theology, we're not going to get into this. This is not seminary. Uh, I do teach uh, in seminary, and so that, that teacher will come out of me. Uh, but uh, in order to begin the study of God, theology, um, and the conversations of dogmatics, dogmas, immutable truths about God, such a conversation cannot begin in the mind or in the heart of the creation. That's you and that's me. Uh, a concept is the attempt of the original thinker to take thoughts and to create a picture by words. And that's what the word of God is. It is the mind of God being painted on the canvas of the hearts of men and women uh, in the pages of the word of God. And the original concept, God's original purpose, God's original plan. It is not in my mind. It's not in your mind. Uh, it's it's not in your heart, but it's in the mind of God. I mean, that's a that's a foundational understanding of the whole creation process in general. Any inventor holds within themselves solely and, and individually the concept and the understanding of the creation that they have created. And it is to that creator's uh, right, it is their privilege as the creator to give definition and purpose to the creation. Uh, the word pervert, uh, we, we often hear that word and we think something sexual. 
But the word pervert literally means to use something in a way other than it was originally intended to be used. Um, so if I take a hammer and um, you know I've got a screw and I f take that hammer and I pound that screw into a wall per se. Even though the hammer gets the screw into the wall, it didn't get it in properly. The screw is not going to be in there secured, so it's not going to optimize its potential and its effectiveness because I perverted the hammer. I used the hammer in a way it was not designed to be used. But if I take that same screw and I use a screwdriver to put the screw into that wall or into that piece of wood, then that screw is going to have the opportunity to optimize its capacity and its potential in a way that it did not have when it was hammered into the wall because it was being used in a way that was not originally intended to be used. You are a creation. That means your purpose, how you are to live, why you are to live. Your purpose is in the mind and in the heart and in the plans of your creator, God. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, many are the plans in a man's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. I don't care how successful you ever are. I don't care how much success uh, you attain on the material plane. You will never feel a sense of fulfillment until you come into oneness, into harmony, uh, into unity, ontologically. I mean, in your being, in the core of your being, with who God has purposed and created you to be. And in order to get that, we got to get into his mind. Well, how do we get into his mind? You know, it's easy uh, to pass the test when you are both the test giver and the test taker. What do I mean? If the mind of God, if you define the mind of God or discover the mind of God only through your own thoughts, uh, your own concepts, your own ideas and ideologies. Well, you will always be convinced that you know the mind of God. Uh, so we've got to take the the right to issue the test or to communicate the information or to instruct. We've got to take that out of your mind and put it back in the word of God. The word is our source of truth. Thy word is truth. Uh, uh, the, the psalmist writer says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So if purpose is in the mind of the creator and I or you are a creation, we need to get into the mind of the creator to tap into the original concept. And whenever God begins to reveal his desire for the earth, his plan for the earth, and when he begins to describe what he is bringing us into the word he uses is kingdom uh, uh, it's the kingdom and the kingdom comes from a two-part word and we'll talk about that uh, in, in a minute here so if the word of God is our source for understanding the mind of God then it's important that we have a proper value and a proper relationship to the word of God in a day where uh, there are no absolutes where everything is questioned and challenged and the authenticity is denied or suspect at best. Uh, it's easy to begin to approach the word of God as just uh, some other source of writing, a collection of books, uh, unlike or, or much like any other collections of books. 
and thereby missing the potency and the power that is locked into those pages because of a uh, a breakdown in your epistemology. The word epistemology means how we determine what is fact versus justified belief. And so, uh, or rather, what is opinion versus justified belief. So when we read the word of God, we cannot read it as though it's just various men's opinions. We have to have a, not only an understanding, but a conviction that it is in fact justifiable to believe that it is the word and the mind of God. God's word is more than just for inspiration. The purpose of the word of God is to reveal God's desire or his covenant, his heart towards his covenant people. Uh, in our church, whenever we read the scriptures, after we read it, we make a faith confession. And the first part of that faith confession is this is my Bible. It is the constitution of the kingdom of God. Why do we say that? Because we need to have a proper value. Listen, the document we are reading is constitutional. It's governmental. It's legally binding. It is not just wishful thinking. It's not just a, a collection of, of good words and, and personal confessions to make, but it is a constitutional document. Now, in order for us to, to really understand or to relate to the word of God as constitutional, we've got to understand that the kingdom of God is governmental. A constitution is only as effective as the government that that constitution binds is. Uh, and so the reason that God uses the word kingdom or re reveals this throughout the scripture is because uh, the whole thing theme of the word of God is about the restoration, uh, the loss and the subsequent restoration of the dominion of a king uh, to his royal people, the king being Christ, the royal people being you and I. And so when we read the word of God and when we search out the scriptures, we need to have an understanding of what it means to have a king. It means we are not a democratic republic like uh, we are here where we live in America. In America, we are in a, again, a democratic republic. Uh, that means we get to vote on things. That means we have people that represent us. Uh, we can vote things in, vote things out. If we don't like it, we have a say. Uh, but when we deal with a kingdom and we deal with having a king, it's not like having a president. Uh, uh, a king is sovereign. Uh, that means that the will of that king is equally sovereign. And then if the will of that king is sovereign and I'm a citizen of that king, I need to understand then what is expected of me as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Uh, a great way to fail is to start out ignorant. <laughs> a great way to fail is to start out ignorant and to remain ignorant. Think about the first day you went into uh, school, whether it's college or high school, whatever the case may be. If you had to take the final exam on the first day, you would have failed. Why? You are starting out ignorant. You did not know what you needed to know uh, yet. You didn't have the information. And so many of us are not succeeding in living the kingdom life because we don't understand or know what is expected of us. And I mean beyond the shouting and the dancing and the screaming, the worshiping, and I'm all for it. I say all over the country, I will out shout any of you. I'm a worshiper. You know, I will sing unto the Lord and dance before the Lord. That's wonderful. But once we come out of the, the height 
of revealed worship. We need to be able to look into our life and our life must be as worshipful or full of worship as Sunday morning at 10 a.m. is. Worship means to reveal or to ascribe worth, to reveal or communicate value. Does your life and does your level of living, does your lifestyle communicate God's value or how much you value God or the sacrifice of God through uh, Christ Jesus? Uh, And so the original purpose of God in creating the earth Uh, And then in filling the earth with humanity is to uh, uh, colonize or to create a extension of his kingdom in the earthly plane, in the earthly dimension. And that was the original assignment that God gave to Adam. The original assignment that God gave to Adam was to rule, have dominion. Now, how is it possible for Adam to have a dominion if we've said that a king is sovereign? means he rules individually and solely and independently. Well, God did something. He transferred over to Adam uh, his rule, his authority in the earth realm. If you look up the word dominion in both the Hebrew and or the Greek, it is defined as rulership over a territory. And so in Genesis, the first chapter, that's the instruction that's given. That's the word that's given. Go and take dominion. Chapter 20, uh, chapter one, verse 26, 27. Let us make man in our image and likeness and let them have dominion. Let them have kingdom, my dominion, the king's dominion. That's that two-part word that we get the one word kingdom, the king's Dominion. Let them have his dominion. My dominion, God says, over the fish of the sea, the fowl over the air, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. But when man fell, a transaction happened. He lost a kingdom. Uh, He lost a kingdom. In the sixth day, the scripture says that God makes man. In the seventh day, God transfers his authority over to man. Now, though we understand clearly what God's role is and uh, uh, what God's seat is, God is sovereign. We understand that Psalms 24 and 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So we know that God owns it. It belongs to him. Uh, But because God honors his own word and he honors his own institution, his own government, God will not bypass the order that he has set into place. And so God transferred the right of residency over to mankind. That's you and I. Uh, Imagine if you own rental property, you'll understand or if you've ever lived in a rental home before, that home has someone who owns it. Their name is on the title, on the deed. Uh, If there's a mortgage, they are responsible for the bank. But at the minute that that owner enters into a contractual agreement, a covenant with a tenant, that tenant now has the right of residency. That means the tenant has dominion over that sphere of influence. The house does not belong to the tenant, but it is under the control of the tenant, even though there is an owner. Are you understanding this? Even though God owns the earth, it is the Lord's. It belongs to him. He transferred to you and I the rights 
of residency. What does that mean? That means now that God cannot do whatever he wants to do in the earth realm without the legality, the permission, the partnership of his chosen people in the earth realm. That's you and I. Uh, so we understand verse number one, the earth is the Lord's of Psalms 24. Uh, but then remember, we reference verse seven, lift up your heads, O ye gates, but ye lifted up your everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. If it belongs to him, why does he need a gate? Why does he need a door? Because dominion, rulership over the sphere of influence has been given over to the tenant. That's you and I. Well, guess what then happened? Adam comes into a sublease agreement with Satan when he receives Satan's word as law. He gives Satan legality, the serpent. He gives him legality to take up residency in a sphere that the owner, God, had given him legality over. And so now God comes through Christ to restore uh, or to return to us the dominion that was lost, uh, uh, to return to us, to restore to us what was, what was turned over. And I'm telling you prophetically that your best life is waiting on you to get a revelation of the kingdom of God. Do you know how valuable you are to the Lord? and to the Lord's purposes, and to the Lord's plans, how essential you are uh, to the Lord's purposes, and to the Lord's plan. If you don't know it, you'll live your life beneath your assignment and beneath your means. Look at Romans chapter number 12, in the second verse of Romans chapter number 12, uh, and, and you'll hear my pages turning. You'll have to excuse me. I still use, you know, a, a Bible with, with pages in it. Romans chapter number 12, uh, a familiar passage of scripture, I'm sure to all of us, Romans chapter number 12, verse number two. Do me a favor, lay hands on yourself right now. Come on, lay hands on yourself. Take your big right hand, lay it on your head or on your heart and say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding so that I can know. Say it again, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding so that I can know. Romans chapter number 12, verse number two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have been sent into a world, right? But even though we have traveled into a world, you are still a citizen of the government or of the country of your origination, right? What is that country or that government? The kingdom. Everybody say this with me. The kingdom is God's government. Come on, say that with me. The kingdom is God's government. So even though I've traveled to a different world, for me, it's America. For you, it may be Africa. Uh, for all of us, it is the earth at large. I am still a citizen of the government from which I was sent. That government subsequently has no legality in a different sphere without one of its citizens taking up residency and being given the right of representation 
in the foreign land, in the foreign government. Are you understanding this? If you travel to Africa and you're from America, you're an American citizen, when you land in Africa, you are still an American citizen, even though you are in a foreign country. The only way then that America has has influence or authority in Africa, for instance, there has to be a person, a people, and a place that legally and accurately represents the interests of the American people. We'd call that place an embassy or a consulate. We'd call that person an ambassador or an emissary, an official representation. That's who you are. You are an ambassador. You are a governmental representative of the kingdom of God. This is why the enemy wants you to live such a life of defeat and weakness because it's bigger than you. You represent more than you because he knows that you are an official representative. He wants to embarrass our king. So how do I do that? By keeping those who have the most power ignorant of their power, feeling defeated, feeling as though they can never conquer this thing called life, feeling as though they're going to live their life forever searching, never coming into the knowledge of. But I'm telling you by faith together in kingdom living, we're going to access, we're going to tap in to that full potential. I'm looking forward to seeing you honing the kingdom power, the identity that God has given and placed on the inside of you. Today is only going to be a 30-minute broadcast. I just want to introduce you uh, to Kingdom Living. Usually, we'll take about an hour together. But again, do me a favor. Share this broadcast with somebody. Let them know that Bishop Senegal is on Kingdom Living. And you can look forward uh, every Wednesday to receiving or hearing uh, a new Kingdom Living podcast here online. Uh, there are various platforms that you'll be able to access it through. Uh, listen, I want to give you an opportunity to allow us to covenant with you in prayer. Uh, prayer is a, a governmental technology. It is a technology of the heavens that God uses uh, to release or to give legality to his uh, will in the earth realm. And it is our access point. Prayer at its height is more than just talking to God. It's more than just telling God about your troubles and what's on your heart. Prayer is litigation. It's a legal and heavenly exchange. And, uh, and so I want to give you an opportunity to allow us to partner with you in prayer. You can send your prayer request to TKC dot prayer at yahoo.com tkc as in the kingdom church tkc dot prayer at yahoo.com and one of our kingdom uh, uh, kingdom prayer partners uh, and kingdom advocates uh, will be able to pray with you to covenant in prayer with you if you want to partner with us in the giving of your faith seed we've made it very easy text the word kingdom living one word no space kingdom living to 832-905-9433. That's 832-905-9433. Text the word Kingdom Living. Hey, it's time for us to regain and reclaim what God left for us as an inheritance. I love you to life. Until next time, live the kingdom kind of life.